Hi Broncos country. We are down to our last draft profile from Mile High Broncos podcast at Fans First Sports Network. My name is Tim Lynch and I have Chris Hartwig here with me today and we're going to talk about a tight end who is homegrown in Chris's own backyard. Um, his name is Tucker Kraft. He's six foot five, 253 pounds out of South Dakota State and he ran a 46940 at the Combine. But he did have a 4.62 at his pro day. Um, he had a vertical of 34 inches. And all around looks like a, a great tight end prospect. What can you tell us about him, Chris? Yeah, uh, Tucker Craft. He is from Timberlake, South Dakota, and that's about two hours west of me. So I'm familiar with him as a, as a prep player, just being one of the premier athletes in South Dakota. And I went to North Dakota State, so I'm not supposed to like the South Dakota State Jackrabbits at all. But I got to see a lot of him play just he, going to school in Brookings, which is just 90 minutes away from me to the, the east there. Uh, Kraft came out of Timberlake High School. Uh, he had played virtually any position you could think of. He played running back for him. He played middle linebacker for him. He played quarterback for him. He also was their punter for them in high school. Um, his primary spot was running back, though, and he was really, really, really good at running back. And he had like 3,000-some yards. Um, 50 total touchdowns of offense, um, you know, as a career player there at Timberlake High School. Um, he was also really, really, really good linebacker and had, you know, the opportunity to be a linebacker from offers that he had in college. Um, but he ended up getting a – I think that Wyoming came in and offered him a full-ride scholarship, but he decided that he'd have a better opportunity to get more playing time. And so he stayed local and he just decided to go across the Mississippi, uh, the Missouri River and go to uh, South Dakota State. Um, it took him a while to hit his stride at South Dakota State. He didn't play at all in his first season there. He had very limited reps in the 2020 season, um, uh, COVID season, shortened season. He only played in seven games and only had seven receptions for 90 yards. But uh, in 2021, he really, really took off in that Jackrabbits offense. He had 65 catches for 773 yards and six touchdowns. Um, in this past year, in 2022, uh, they played Iowa. They played the Hawkeyes the first game of the year, and he had gotten a pretty bad ankle injury and tried to play through it or whatnot. But he was sidelined for a good portion of the season and came came back at the end of it in the, the college uh playoffs for the FCS and ended up helping the Jackrabbits uh, achieve their first national championship in history. So they're still about 10 behind the Bison. Uh, but he, he's a really good player. Uh, six foot five, 250 plus pounds. Like you said, he ran a four, six, two. Um, the great thing about him is how versatile he is, whether it's an inline receive uh, inline tight end flexed out wide uh, or in the slot, or on the move. He, he literally did everything in that Jackrabbits offense. And one of their favorite plays to run to get him a lot of volume and a lot of receptions was to have him just be split out wide, immediately throw him the ball on a screen, and let him just juke defenders, use his size, create mismatches. And, and that's one of the things that he would be able to do in, in this offense. And uh, I know that Sean Payton has talked about wanting Russell Wilson to get the ball out a little bit earlier instead of holding on to it. And, you know, I'm a big Greg Dulcich fan. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, 
But I do think, you know, Denver could use another tight end to add into the mix and his size and athleticism. Uh, it would be great in this offense. And Sean Payton has a, a history, you know, over the course of his career, bringing in tight ends to maximize their opportunity in, in the receiving game. You think of Jimmy Graham and some, someone like that. And I'm not saying Tucker Craft's going to be the next Jimmy Graham, but just a big red zone target, a big target who's very athletic, who uh, can run vertically down the field and make defenders miss in the open field would, would be a good addition to the Broncos offense. Yeah, and no, I'm, I'm a big fan of the RAS uh, scoring, uh, relative athletic score that uh, Math Bomb Kent Lee Platt puts out. Um, and I noticed a tweet from him on Tucker Craft. Uh, he had scored a 9.68, which was like the athletic score on that was 36 out of 36th out of 1,103 tight ends from 1983 to 2023. So that really backs up your your commentary about how athletic he is. Um, you know, across the board, like, um, you know, just a very athletic tight end. Um, you know, I noticed one of the weaknesses, you know, Scotty Payne wrote, wrote the uh, draft profile on him on Mile High Report uh, about a week and a maybe a week and a half ago. Um, he said that his route running was not as advanced uh, and, and would need some time to develop in, at the NFL level. And, and that's going to be kind of a kind of a hurdle that he's got to cross uh, as, as a pro uh, player, uh, what, what do you have to say about about his route running, and, and it, how long will it take before you can think he can seriously challenge for playing time if he develops? Um, you know, I mean, obviously, route running is a skill that can be taught and can be learned. And like I was kind of saying earlier, and talking about him, South Dakota State, just like North Dakota State, it is a team that likes to run the ball and they like to get the ball out quick in the passing game. So you see a lot of quick safety valve, quick outlet, quick screen passes to him. And, you know, I'm a big FCS football fan. I, I love the competition there. But someone that big and that athletic, I mean, he's literally going up against some guys on some teams who might be like 5'9", like 180. You know, he's not playing against top flight competition all the time. But by just being a ginormous human being, an athletic specimen, able to make the most of it. Uh, there's not really much nuance to his game with selling routes and you get vertical and you have to come back and you need to round off your routes better. You need to come back to the ball a little bit quicker. Those are things that can be taught. So I would agree with Scotty that it's, it's not all there yet, but that's something that absolutely can be taught with proper coaching and, and whatnot. So I don't see that necessarily being a, a problem that's going to inhibit his ability to contribute immediately at the pro level. Uh, one of the, you know, one of the things that uh, that gets tight ends in the doghouse and, and gets them to not play early is not being able to be good at blocking just because you've got your wide receivers and your offense who are obviously the natural pass catchers that pass catchers that go out and do that sort of thing. But if you're a tight end in the NFL, like, you know, blocking is non-negotiable. You have to be good at it. And he's extremely good at it. Um, just given the fact that, that the, the Jackrabbits ran the ball so much, he, he's got a big frame. He used to be a defender in, in, uh, in high school and playing linebacker. He understands what it's like to be on that opposite side, being a two-way athlete, having an experience to know how to set up blocks, to use his leverage, to use his frame. Uh, so I think that really benefits him in that regard. I guess if I, you know, talking about concerns, you know, we were wondering whether or not his lack of running a full route tree is going to inhibit him. 
the thing that I'm most worried about with Tucker is that he in 2022 had the the major ankle injury, which, you know, he eventually, you know, he recovered quickly and was able to lead them to a championship uh, at the FCS level. But the year before that, he also had a knee injury. And I, I know that I've talked in, in past reports in past years or whatnot. Medicals are really important to me and athletes who have a history of lower knee uh, knee injuries or lower leg injuries. Uh, he, I don't like to, I'm not a medical expert and I can't be a prognosticator on this, but research has shown that reoccurring lower limb injuries lead to less availability in the NFL. So if there was a concern that I had with them, that would definitely be it. But if he stays healthy, uh, if he, uh, you know, reaches his, he, he's someone that by his athleticism and his size or whatnot was able to really be a mismatch against the FCS level competition. He hasn't grown into the sum of all his parts yet, but if he does, he could be an absolute monster. And it doesn't hurt to have two tight ends and at modern NFL offense, I know that we had brought in Chris Manhurts or whatnot to be a blocking tight end. We have Greg Dulcich, you know, who had some hamstring injuries last year and wasn't able to be healthy, but a really good player. Oh, as yeah, I mean, who knows if he's traded or if he's on the roster or whatnot, but it's the last season of his deal. But think about it. Like, let's just imagine a scenario because I know that there are a lot of fans out there, whether it's on Twitter, whether it's a, uh, we know discussing things in our comment section on Mile High Report. We don't need to draft a tight end at 67 or 68. Well, I don't necessarily disagree with that, but okay. Well, I don't like thinking up night, nightmare scenarios, but what happens if Greg Dulcich goes down? We have to rely on Albert Okuebunam, who hasn't, you know, I don't even know why he was in – Nathaniel Hackett and that coaching staff's doghouse last year, but he didn't play at all. Like last year, his third season was just gone to the wind. Like it's, it's in the annals of Bronco history. It's like Albert O wasn't even there for the 2022 season. And obviously Chris Manhurts or whatnot, obviously he was brought in because he is extraordinarily experienced and physical blocker, but I wouldn't want either of those guys being the tight end number one option in a scenario that Greg Dulcich misses time. So that's why uh, a tight end like Tucker Craft, and I mean, this is just a, a good tight end draft in general. So I wouldn't be surprised, you know, at 67 or 68, just based on the due diligence that we've seen in the reports, that the Broncos would come away with a tight end and uh, a running back with their first top, you know, their top two picks in the third round. Yeah, and I'm kind of just – to quote Scotty from his draft profile, um, you know, does Tucker Craft make sense for the Denver Broncos? You know, he said the, the Broncos have been sniffing around multiple tight end prospects throughout the draft process. Um, so I think they could select one earlier than some might think. They even brought in potential first round pick Luke Musgrave for in for a pre-draft visit. Um, you know, and a lot of draft, he went on to say that a, a lot of draft boards have uh, Tucker Craft coming off in the second round. But some have them going into the third. So if, if the Broncos were going to go tight end, it would if they're going to go for Tucker Craft, it would have to be one of those first two third round picks, I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's fair value. I mean, obviously you have uh, Darnell Washington out of Georgia. 
he, I mean, he's in that late first round conversation, early second round conversation. Luke Musgrave, Oregon State kid. I mean, he's he's well thought of. Uh, Michael Mayer, I think, is the, the Notre Dame tight end. Um, what is it, Dalton Kincaid? That's out of Utah. Like he's getting a lot of buzz. I mean, I think you know a lot of the well-respected analysts. Like he could actually be the first one out of any of them that are selected. And then that's where you know the Tucker Crafts of the draft come into play after that. And we, I mean, I'm trying to think. Was it? Were there three tight ends? No, it was Hawkinson and Fant were taken in the 2019. But I remember the draft. I think it was the draft that we drafted Bulls. And I'm pretty sure that three tight ends went in the first round that year. And it would have been O.J. Howard being one of them. David Njoku coming out of Miami went to the Browns. And I can't think of the third other tight end. But, like, hypothetically, that doesn't happen very often in the history of the draft. But this year, we definitely could see, like, two or three first-round tight ends again. And it's a position where a lot of teams need help at, uh, you know, tight ends play special teams are valuable contributors in a team's run game and pass game. Tucker craft being there at 67, 68, probably a coin flip at this point in time. But I mean, obviously if they want to go that route and, and get a contributor that can help that that's got really good potential, it would necessitate them using one of those early, third round picks on them. And that's not to say that they couldn't get a solid tight end on day three with the couple picks that they have, but you know, Tucker craft could be a pro bowl NFL tight end. Um, and you're probably not going to get a pro bowl NFL tight end in the fourth, fifth or sixth round. I mean, it happens, but uh, yeah, craft's a good player. Huh? Well, there, there you have it. Um, that kind of wraps up all of our draft profiles. Uh, we, we kind of, I think we did what thirteen of them total, um, maybe fourteen. I, I don't know. We did, we did quite a few. It was fun. It was a fun process. I think you and I will be back at some point later this week to do some draft analysis and talk about the the fun. Uh, hopefully, we have a draft day trade or two to discuss. You know, the, the right. fun stuff like that. It's <laughs> but, it's. Um, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a fun time regardless. You know, I hope the Broncos do accumulate some more picks so we do have some more to talk about. But you know, it's it's one of those things that all of us at My Live Report have put in a lot of time. We we love talking, you know, draft. Uh, we do it all the time. But it's just the uncertainty and the ambiguity surrounding this whole week. Like what's going to happen? Just the anticipation, you know. It's just something to be excited about and every year. And I've been watching the draft since I was a kid. Like it's like Christmas to me. It's like Christmas to you. It's like Christmas to everyone on staff. And I think virtually everyone in Broncos country approach it the same way. And um, it's the beginning of a new era at Dove Valley with Sean Payton being head coach. Denver hasn't been good for a while. So it's one of those things that we're going into this draft and we're hoping for the best but we don't know how it's going to play out. And obviously we have our favorites. I've talked about a lot of guys. Um, we're just hoping that we can get some players this year that can come in and compete. You know, that's, that's all we're asking for. So, so hopefully that's what happens. Yeah. And I'm, I'm a big mock draft guy. That's kind of, you know, this, this season has been a little bit boring for me. Um, and then having, being able to do these draft profiles with you has really helped 
get my excitement going because I'm, I'm like, I love the mock draft season. That's my thing, you know, cause I don't watch a whole lot of college ball and this is how I get to know like all the players that are going to be drafted. And I just get to, I just missed out on it cause the Broncos don't have any picks or any of these, right. all these mock drafts, there's no Broncos to cover. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'll be excited, more excited next year because we'll, we'll have those picks again in, in the early, early rounds. And, you know, my off season will be filled with plenty of mock draft season. It's like, that's festivist draftivist. That's, that's my thing, you know, but um, it was, it was, it's been fun. It's been interesting to cover the Broncos leading up to this draft with so little draft picks, a new head coach, you know, all these changes. Um, it's still going to be exciting. And I, I have a sneaking suspicion we're going to have something to do in the second round, you know, but we'll see. We'll see. It's but, it, it definitely, I mean, anything's on the table. I mean, they're not far off being at 67 and 68 to get into that second round. Mm-hmm. And obviously there's been a little bit of a draft dichotomy and there's been discussions from various outlets or whatnot. Sean Payton and his time with Mike Loomis with the saints have had a penchant of moving up into the draft. Whereas George Payton, whether it was with the Broncos or the Vikings with Chris Spielman, really like to trade back and accumulate more picks. Well, they're short on picks this year, but uh, they're also kind of short on impact players that can make a difference. So I certainly wouldn't be surprised that uh, come, you know, what is it? Thursday is the first round, but Friday is the second, third round. That on Friday, you know, we're all waiting around, you know, the 67, 68, but like, you know, pick 52s on the clock and you see that Broncos logo come <laughs> up on your TV on ESPN or NFL network or wherever you watch it. And then you're like, Oh my God, Oh my God, oh, what's going to happen. And that's what yep. it's all about. You know, I mean, the, the, the uncertainty around it and it's the excitement and it's a, it's going to be a blast. It is going to be a blast. I look forward to it. And I look forward to, to chatting with you again and kind of, talking about the actual Broncos players that uh, we end we end up with and get to cover so be exciting um, so yeah that's all we got for today um, you know have a great Wednesday we'll be back tomorrow for day one Mile High Report will be um, covering a live draft uh, there so please join us we'll, we'll, we'll be you know putting the picks in and doing some instant analysis uh, doing, doing, we do that every year. It's, it's really fun. Come in, comment on the site. Uh, we'll get thousands of comments. A lot of Broncos fans come in to my report on those draft days. So, um, but other than that, yeah, have a great day and, and go Broncos.